Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. This episode of the Rural Woman Podcast is brought to you by Local Line. Local Line is a marketplace platform taking local food from farm to table. Local Line's mission is to help every local farmer profitably grow their business and as a result, exponentially increase access to local food. As a listener of the Rural Woman podcast, Local Line is offering a free 30-day trial and a free premium feature with your first year subscription instead of their standard seven-day free trial. To learn more, visit go.localline.ca slash ruralwoman to get started. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of the Rural Woman podcast. Today, you'll meet Melissa Ballard. Melissa lives and farms in the beautiful bluegrass state of Kentucky, along with her husband, Josh, who is also a veterinarian. If you would have told Melissa 20 years ago that she would be raising and selling grass-fed beef for a living, she would have laughed. But life is funny that way, and Melissa now truly believes her passion and purpose is to provide people with beef that is raised in a way that is healthy for the land, healthy for the cattle, and healthy for our bodies. I am very excited for you guys to get to meet Melissa today. She shares her story with us and also shares how the company Local Line has helped take their business, Bluegrass Beef, online. Now, I have mentioned Local Line in the Rural Woman podcast previously, but if you are unfamiliar with them, be sure once you're done listening to Melissa's interview that you check out my interview with Jennifer Webb, who is Local Line's customer service manager, to learn more about Local Line and the services that they are providing to growers to be able to sell from farm to table. Local Line is also offering listeners of the Rural Woman podcast a free 30-day trial of their software and a free premium feature with your first year subscription instead of their standard seven-day free trial. You can visit go.localline.ca slash ruralwoman to get started. And I will be sure to leave that link in the show notes for you so you can find Local Line and check them out and see if their services are right for you and your operation. Without further ado, my friends, let's get to today's episode with Melissa. Melissa Ballard, how the heck are you? (laughs) I'm so excited, Caitlin. (laughs) It doesn't take much for me. I get excited about a lot of things, but I'm super excited about this. I am equally as excited to talk to my Southern Belle friend, Melissa Ballard, all the way from Kentucky. And like we mentioned before we started recording, I think you're my first, are you called Kentuckians? What are you called? Yes. Oh, I got it right. We are Kentuckians. You did. You did. So good. (laughs) (laughs) Melissa, give us your background, who you are. We obviously know you're from Kentucky, but tell us how you got your start in agriculture. Okay. All right. My name's Melissa. Like you said already, my husband, Josh, and I live in Kentucky. We live in Shelbyville, Kentucky, which is kind of central Kentucky. We raise beef cattle. We have a business called Bluegrass Beef. We raise 100% grass-fed, grass-finished beef. Josh is also a veterinarian, and I am a part-time radio DJ on top of all the the farming things that we do. 
before Melissa and I started, I read that about Melissa, that she was a part-time radio DJ. And I got a little nervous because she's obviously (laughs) a professional when it comes to recording things, talking to this amateur here. So, (laughs) And that is funny because I was nervous as well before we started. But I said it was the same butterflies that I get before I do my radio job. And I don't know. I don't think those ever really go away, though. I don't think so. Well, and I think if they do, then maybe you're not in the right industry anymore. That's what my kind of feelings are. Because I kind of like chalk up the butterflies to being excited versus nervous. So I'm excited to talk to you instead of being nervous. At least that's what I tell myself in my head so I can continue recording the Rural Woman podcast. Yes, that's good. (laughs) Oh, well, so good. Let's talk more about bluegrass beef and tell us how you got your start in agriculture because you didn't come from an agriculture background. So take us back to the beginning and how you kind of got your, your boots dirty in a sense. That's right. Okay. So we'll, we'll go way back to my personal story. I grew up here in Kentucky and Kentucky is a very, there's a lot of agriculture in our state, but I was, that was not a part of my life growing up. So I was, grew up in a neighborhood at a very suburban living growing up, but I was always interested in agriculture, primarily horses. I was one of those girls that loved horses. I wanted to be a veterinarian and pursue that into my college career while I was in college. I went to Murray State University, which is a small public university in western Kentucky. It's actually, it's probably medium-sized. And I met my husband just there. He was also a pre-vet major. I got to a point where I realized that I did not want to be a veterinarian. And I tell people that it's a very good decision for me to not go to vet school and to change my major. Josh and I ended up getting married, moved around a bit. When he, uh, We moved to Alabama while he was in vet school. We moved to upstate New York for a year. So we did a veterinary internship up there. But we ended up settling here in Kentucky. And when we moved back here, Josh had grown up on a farm. Little did I know that he wanted to start a herd of, of cattle. And I was kind of like, what? Why we're, <laughs> Why do we need cows? <laughs> but I went along with it and found that we, I really enjoyed the cattle. And I didn't do a whole lot with them. I, like, worked the calves when we had calves vaccinating, ear tagging, castration, like if you needed help with things, I would help. But I didn't really feel ownership of these cows, but it made Josh happy. So I went along with it. And then a little more time went by. I had, we'd had a couple of kids and he said, you know, we should start raising and selling. We should start trying to finish some grass finished beef. And again, I thought, what? Why? Where did this come from? <laughs> but again, I said, okay. And we moved forward on that. And I didn't realize that he was going to expect me to, to start selling this beef. And so that was something else that I kind of had to embrace and, and grow into. And here we are. We're going to be finishing 45 steers this year. 
and, and turns out I really enjoyed selling and marketing and that kind of is a good fit for me. So, and I also I had to kind of move into playing. We don't have any farm employees. So I do a lot more these days farm related than just helping with the occasional vaccination, castrating and ear tagging. <laughs> so I went from being a girl that grew up in a neighborhood to just living and embracing the farming lifestyle. That was the condensed version of, of my ag journey. <laughs> Oh, that is so good. And I just like there's so many similarities there between my story and your story and so many other women's stories out there who did not grow up this way and, you know, have basically jumped in with their boots on and have gotten into the nitty gritty of farming and ranching and all of the things. So good for you and good for you and Josh for working together. And I like how you said like you've you've discovered that you like the marketing side of things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can really relate to that too, of the marketing and the selling and that aspect of your farm business versus like actually doing that, I would say the outside work of the farm. Yeah. Right. Because both of those things play such an important role. And if your husband Josh is like, uh, I don't really know what I'm doing, but you you have a passion for it and you can figure it out, right? Like yes. that's, it's great teamwork. Yes. I actually had a job in pharmaceutical for a veterinary company and I enjoyed that, but I, it was like, little did I know that I was gaining all of this experience through that that would translate into selling beef later. Those life experiences kind of prepare you for things that are coming up down the pipeline. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. I always make the joke with my dad that I am just so happy that he paid for me to go to college while I'm sitting there hauling manure because I just always think I'm just like, this was not where I expected to be. And the education that I took was nowhere near what I'm doing. And my career afterwards, I always call it my quote unquote real job, had nothing to do with agriculture. But like what you said, the skills that you've developed and that you've learned along the way and in life, being able to kind of mold and transform that to what it needs to be today to make you guys successful, I think is just always like the neatest thing to see. Yes, it is funny because I think most days I'm not even using my degree and it was the ag related. I was agriculture education and I did have an animal science degree, but there's just so many things that you don't learn in college. (laughs) But then all of these college and then life experiences and all of those things just all kind of work together, I think, to help you along the way. So even if you're, even if you're not using that degree that your dad paid for, I'm sure that you're using it in some ways that you may not even realize. (laughs) I think so. I think so. I'm currently staring at it hanging on the wall in my office. So (laughs) That's good. Proof you have it anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Looks looks nice up there. So, <laughs> oh, so tell us more about the life cycle of the cow on your farm. You guys kind of transitioned from doing 
maybe the more typical way of raising your cattle to transitioning to grass-fed. So just take us on the basic life cycle of an animal on your farm. Yes. Okay. Great question. Most of our cows are commercial cows, and then we do have a small but growing herd of registered Red Angus cattle. We're getting more into the registered side of things, but we are a cow-calf operation, so that means most of you guys probably already know, but we have mama cows that have babies every year. And so kind of where the differences come in, if a cow is born on our farm, it will, if it's a girl, it'll most likely go into being a replacement heifer. We'll keep her. She'll most likely stay as part of our breeding herd as long as she does her job and gets pregnant and, and all of that. If she is a female that does not breed or is a male, a bull calf, they will become part of our beef herd. So we finish, like you said, Caitlin, we started more conventionally before we were finishing grass beef. We would sell our calves at weaning time. We might keep back some replacement heifers, but we would sell all the steers just at the stockyards or whatever. We started finishing beef. Now all those males get kept back for our beef program. Grass-fed beef takes a little longer to finish than grain-finished, so most of our beef animals are finished between 24 to 30 months of age, so at that point, they're harvested for beef. And then if they were a girl that went back into our female, our breeding program, they will be bred. We usually breed them to have their first baby at around two years of age. Does that answer your question? <laughs> that absolutely answers my question. <laughs> you did well. Yay. You did well. <laughs> The Rural Woman Podcast is supported by Local Line. Who is Local Line? They are an e-commerce platform for farms and local food suppliers so you can sell online and save time managing your business. They also have a completely free website builder that you can use without even having a Local Line account. Here are some great tips the experts from Local Line shared for helping your online store generate sales. First, Have a catchy and consistent branding. Your brand should match your products and be easily identified as yours. Second, complete your about section so you can share your unique business story to current and future customers. What sets you apart from everyone else? Your customers want to know. Third, product descriptions are really important. Make sure they're descriptive and include keywords like organic, grass-fed, or gluten-free if it's applicable. And lastly, include pictures. 75% of shoppers rely on photos when deciding whether to purchase, and 63% say images are more important than product descriptions. These tips are more than just great suggestions. They actually work. River Bell Market Garden in Dresden, Ontario, increased their sales by 42% the year they started using Localine. So stop using phone calls and a notebook to manage your fulfillment and get yourself set up with a website and an online store. Instead of their standard seven-day free trial, Local Line is offering listeners of the Rural Woman podcast a 30-day free trial of their software and a free premium feature with your first year subscription. 
visit go.localline.ca slash ruralwomen to get started. That's go.localline.ca slash ruralwomen and start taking control of your business. So when I was researching your farm and looking you guys up, there was something on your website that I particularly found interesting. And it was that you you guys don't just say that you are cattle farmers, but you also say that you're grass farmers. So tell us a little bit more about that. So we believe that great beef and healthy cattle, and then in turn, healthy people, starts from the soil up. So we farm in I'm sure you've heard the term regeneratively or regenerative farming. It's starting to be more of a buzzword. (laughs) But we farm in a way that we think is best for our cattle. I And and I also want to say I'm not here to judge the way that anyone farms. I believe that there's room at the table for all types of agriculture and all types of farming. But... The decisions that we make for our farm, we feel are the best that we have to offer our land and our cattle. And so we use rotational grazing practices to rotate through not just our finishing animals, but also our like mama cows and calves. We do things to improve the soil and the grass, not just through rotational grazing, but through some strip grazing and the fall, we use bale grazing over the winter when we feed hay. I could go on and on about the different practices that we use, but that that's really Josh's wheelhouse. I just help implement all of these things, but we do everything to improve the soil so that that will in turn improve our grass and the health of our cattle, if that makes sense. That is so good. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. And I like what you said earlier about not judging other people the way that they do it. And that is my absolute philosophy in agriculture that agriculture needs to support agriculture. And whether that means that you're conventional or you're organic or you're whatever it is in between, I think, like you said, there's room at the table for everyone. And that is always my goal and my mission here on the podcast to share the stories for everyone. So you said that perfectly. We have enough opposition from the outside. Don't know why we like to fight on the inside. <laughs> right? Girl, we could have a whole other podcast episode just about that exact same topic. <laughs> yes. I think coming from the outside looking in, it's like why are we why are these issues even issues? I mean, we are one industry and we need to be working together because there's an opposition from the outside for sure. Absolutely. And like just like community over competition. And that doesn't mean that you're like you're saying that you do a bad job so you can lift up your neighbor. It's just all being there together because agriculture is community focused. Like we're here to serve one another and to serve the world. And for people outside of agriculture, who are looking to trust their food and to trust their farmer, but if you see us arguing like idiots on the internet, like how yes. on earth are they supposed to trust one another, right? Like it's just, ugh, again, a whole other soapbox topic that I could get on. Yes, yes, 
regularly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, it's good. So good. Yes. So when did you guys start to sell your beef? So we started with the cattle in about 2009. And then it was about 2011 when we sold our first finished steer. And I saw our... That was in the summer, and I'd had my second baby in April. So that was an overwhelming time for me. (laughs) No doubt. No doubt. When did you make the transition to start selling your beef online? So several years. We started really small. And this is another one of our philosophies, just in farming. We have the luxury of doing this because Josh has a full-time job as a veterinarian. We do not want to incur debt if we don't absolutely have to. So our operation has grown very slowly. We started with selling one steer and then the next year we sold three and then, you know, we've just gradually grown. Somewhere along the way, I realized that I needed help in managing orders. It was probably, I don't know the exact date, say three years ago. It was to the point where I was missing things and not doing a good job with customer service because I was trying to manage orders through text and a phone call and I'll write that down and get that for you. And it was not serving me well. So I started looking at options to be able to help me manage orders and assist you could order online, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And what system did you end up going with? So we ended up with Local Line. They are an awesome company out of your great country of Canada. <laughs> and we've been super happy with them. That's great. Tell us what your experience with Local Line has been like for the listeners who are not familiar with their product or their services. Okay. So the first thing I need to say about Local Line is their customer service is unparalleled. Like it is really, really, it would be hard to find another company type of personalized customer service that local on provides. So when I started with them, they had a sales rep that kind of helped me get everything set up. And she walked with me through like putting my beef products on there. She even helped me kind of, tweak our logo and things. And I need to go back and do this again because they've made some major upgrades recently and I'm not taking full advantage of that. Um, helped me get some pictures on there and helped me with writing some product descriptions and things like that. You can use them to build your entire website. We do not do that. We were using WordPress. I'm getting ready to transition over to another website. But the cool thing about Localon is it doesn't matter what your website form is, they can integrate their site into your site. So they helped me do that. And then we were ready to start selling. That is so great. And it's so nice to hear that their customer service has been so helpful for you because I know, well, 
as a fellow WordPress user for my website, I like to compare WordPress to like a master's program of online website building. And like there's other ones like Shopify and Weebly and all of those things. And they're like the fun party school <laughs> that like it's really quite simple to use. And they use terminology that somebody who has no idea about online anything can use. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like I have definitely gone to the University of Google when it comes oh to WordPress. But now that I know how to use it, I don't know if I would change more or less because like I've I've built what I've built today by myself through the blood, sweat and tears of it. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> I I feel your pain. I feel your pain there. Well, and it's so good to have a company that is so focused on helping farmers get their products out there and help get their stories out there. Yes. And to be transparent with my audience here, Katrina from Local Line did put your name forward for me mm -hmm. to interview you, Melissa. And I just like, I think what they're doing there and that they're using are really helping farmers. And to be able to hear your experience today, I just think puts a testament to the good work that Local Line is doing and also the good work that you guys are doing on, on your farm. Oh, thank you. There's something else about Local Line and they, several times, there'll be a feature that I need or we're starting to look at subscriptions, offering subscriptions. The cool thing about Local Line is if it's something that they are not already offering, I can go to them, I can call Katrina or one of the other reps and be like, listen, we've got, we really need this this feature. And they have a team of people that will work on it and try to make that a reality. I, I just like them because of the personal, I feel like I have a personal relationship with my e-commerce provider. And I'm not sure that you get that maybe with a Shopify or a, you know, one of the other ones. And so that is pretty cool. Right. Well, the business owner, Cole, sent Christmas cards this year and it was handwritten. It wasn't one of those form Christmas cards. And I'm like, who does this? Companies don't do this. So that those are those little touches just like you want to stay with them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and just like we were chatting about before we hit record, it's nice to have e-commerce platforms and that are committed to helping farmers get their products out there and they already have these programs and the, these systems set up for you versus having to start to build them from scratch on your own. Mm -hmm. Because we know as farmers and ranchers, our time is one of the most important things that we have. And if you don't have the time to build it from scratch, uh, to have these programs in place for you already is really such a great thing. Yes. Yes, for sure. It is so easy to be able to go in and enter products and things like that. And the terminology is already in place. Yeah, for sure. Melissa, what is your best piece of advice to other farmers or ranchers that are looking to get online sales for their goods? I suffer from analysis paralysis <laughs> sometimes. So this advice that I give to myself daily, sometimes you just have to just do it. Like just pick a program, find something that you think will work best for you, just, you know, and then just go for it. I got very caught up into comparing, 
you know, lots of different e-commerce platforms. You know, this one does this. This one does this, but it doesn't do this. This one's really expensive. This one's really cheap. You know, it's there are just so many options out there. Sometimes you just, if you need to make a list to compare features or whatever, you just need to pick one and commit and just go for it. It changed our list tremendously when we started selling online in terms of ease of sale, sales volumes picked up, our revenue increased, all the things, but I just had to go for it. I had to do it and not get so caught up on making sure that it was the perfect fit for me. That is great advice. And I love the term analysis paralysis because... (laughs) I know I myself have gone through many phases of that throughout my uh, career in farming as well as my career before farming. So (laughs) that is a great term to use. So, And you can pivot, you can change things. Nothing is forever if you don't want it to be. And I like there's lots of time and energy, I think, that goes into researching things. But once you find something that you're fairly certain will fit into your operation, I, I agree, just go for it. Yeah, sometimes like being 80% sure is okay. Like you just just go for it. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. You don't have to be 100% sure about everything all the time. And I struggle with that. Right. So that advice is for me too. <laughs> yes, well, you're not alone there. You are not alone there. <laughs> Oh, Melissa, it has been so great chatting with you this morning, and I've just enjoyed our giggles and all of the fun we've had here, and I'm just so, so grateful to be able to share your story. My last question for you is, what is the most rewarding part of being a Kentucky farmer for you? Okay, so I this was one of the questions you, I know you asked to everyone. Minus the Kentucky part, but um, <laughs> so I I did I prepared for this one a little bit, and I I think oh gosh I mean I could go on and on about how great Kentucky is, but farming in general I think for me is rewarding for a couple of reasons. The people and relationships are a big thing, just like this this podcast with you and hearing other people's stories, the people I meet when I'm selling beef, uh, the relationships that we've made through the beef sales and also like through different farming organizations that we're part of. All of that just like makes my extrovert heart so happy. (laughs) But the other thing that I think is probably the most rewarding thing for me, and we touched on this a little bit earlier, but being able to combine all of my skills and my passions and my experiences into one big thing, this like this lifestyle or this life of farming, that is so rewarding. You feel like you're firing on all cylinders and you're just getting to use all of your strengths and talents. That's like, that's that's what life is all about, right? That's what makes life enjoyable for me. And that's rewarding. That's the good stuff right there. Yeah. Oh, so good. Melissa, for the listeners who would like to connect with you after the show, where can they find you online? All right. We are on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Bluegrass. We have a website. It's bluegrassbeefky.com. I am in the process of updating and revamping 
that website. So it's going to look a lot different and a whole lot better next week. That is so good. So good. And I will link all of those in the show notes so people can find you and connect with you. And for the listeners who are interested in learning more about Local Line and the products and services that they can provide for the farm, I will also put that link in the show notes too, so you can find everyone and connect with them. Melissa, thank you again so much for the fun today on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for hanging out with me today. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast. A special thanks to our Patreon executive producer, Sarah Reedner of Happiness by the Acre, and to my editor, Max Hofer. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can connect with me on social media using the handle at wildrosefarmer on all platforms. If you love the show, make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts, plus share it with a friend. We'll see you next time.